Gather around the game table with Kristen. And Spin. To find out what? Plays well with two. Plays well with two was recorded in front of a live studio audience of her dogs. Hello. We actually just got finished with a live playthrough of the game we're about to talk about on Instagram. And that game is Cubitos. Let's get the particulars out of the way first. It was published this year, 2021, designed by John D. Clare, with art by Jackie Davis, Philip uh, Glofshecki, sorry if uh, you're listening, and Ryan uh, Eiler, published by Alderac Entertainment Group, AEG. So we picked this one up. Number one, so the cover, you gonna have to see it it is a block of cheese in lederhosen with super hairy legs because yes they drew the hair in and what is that stance like um almost the captain morgan stance the one leg raised up yeah it is (laughs) very i find it funny some people hate it forever it's very intriguing that they would go with one one of the cubes Absolutely. But you know what? It grabs your attention. It does. How could it not? It does look... I mean, it makes you look at it, definitely. But John DeClaire, we picked this up. One, because we do like racing games. Two, we love dice. Three, we actually really generally enjoy John DeClaire's other stuff. Like, a shocking number of his games are ones that we really enjoy. I would say his most popular are Mystic Veil and Space Face right now. And Mystic Veil is card crafting. That's the one with the see-through cards that you layer on top of each other. Card crafting is kind of his thing that he pioneered. uh, Because I'm thinking... So you've got Mystic Veil, you've got Edge of Darkness, and Edge of Darkness doesn't get as much buzz because it was a Kickstarter exclusive and it was very expensive to make. And we just actually, because I found out about it after and we lucked out that uh, a local game store had a copy. Yeah. So that's why you never hear people talk about Edge of Darkness, but it's very fun. And we actually just played Space Base last week. Yeah, kind of funny how that worked out. And also he did this trick-taking card-crafting system, and the game's called Custom Heroes. And it really gets crapped on, I feel. Like, it didn't pick up like it should have, but we played it at AEG Big Game Night at Gen Con with a big group of people. Like, I think it was the full compliment. And it was so much fun. So fun. And it is just, you have cards numbered 1 through 10, and everyone starts with the same deck, or same hand of 1 through 10, but you can get these upgrades that slip into the cards that will alter the numbers. And they're very funny. It's like, you're holding a hot dog now, minus 2, or something like that. So if you really need to play 2 pair, or you really need to beat someone and you need an 11... And you can make it an 11 with special things. And it's just very fun and silly. And the people that we've shown it to that will actually play it, 
because a lot of people get turned off by it, have enjoyed it a lot. The art is very anime. It was part of AEG's Big in Japan series. So it's got some, like, Japanese text on it. I think that probably turned people off. I know that's bad to say, but I think people were like, oh, that's... It's an anime game. I'll completely discount that. But we're getting way sidetracked. Just to say, we really like John D. Clare's John D. Clare, good. Coming out this year, expected, who knows, is a big Kickstarter they just did last year for Dead Reckoning, which is a pirate-themed card crafting game. And we are so excited. We went all in. And that Kickstarter made almost a million dollars. So a lot of other people are excited about it, too. So uh, can't wait for that. But we will get back to Cubitos now. So, Cubitos is a bit of an odd duck of a game. Uh, It is a racing game, like we uh, mentioned earlier, but it reminds me a lot of a mixture between Quarriers slash Dice Master slash Lord of the Rings dice game, that whole series of games, and The Road to El Dorado. The Quest? Or Yeah, sorry. Thinking of the movie. Uh... The Quest for Eldorado. Which is a race game and is a deck builder with cards. And this feels like a race game deck builder, but it's dice. Yeah, like a bag builder, but you don't have a bag. That's basically, whenever you hear bag builder, that basically means it's a dice game that's like a deck builder. They just call them bag builders because there's no deck. And you start out with a bunch of uh, kind of lower value dice that will either only give you buys or give you one buy and one movement and have lots of blank faces. So it's the normal thing. You roll these dice and you're trying to be able to buy better dice. Right. The cool thing about the better dice is that there's a big deck of cards that change what the better dice do every game. So you've got a lot of variability with that part. Sometimes it can be something where you get to remove dice. Sometimes the same orange die, for example, let you roll two extra dice. Just lots of variability. So many different powers. And in the rule book, they actually have different races where they, well, that sounds funny, but in the race game, there are different races that will tell you which cards for each dice. Because there's like, I don't know, nine, ten different... Yeah, ten different kind of suggested... Or eight. Maybe there are eight different colored dice. But it's, you know, red, orange, and they all are different animals that are drawn in the shape of cubes. Or in the case of cheese, a cheese, which... Oh, right, right. Yeah. A cheese animal. But it has very human legs. Yeah, and there's a pasted on theme like everything in the world is a cube. Cheesy people? Che- Cheese people? I I think we're I think we're pushing that one a little too mm, hard. I'll think about it. If you if you can say that cheesy people. Brie man? Oh. Geez. Well, it's not it's clearly not Brie, it's Swiss, but anyway. Uh pasted on theme where the whole world's a cube, everything are cubes and there's a big race. And, like, that's the most prestigious thing in this world. But there are two boards 
uh, double-sided, so there are multiple different race courses. Race courses. And that's about it. You pick the course, you put all the dice out with the different powers. Decide if you're doing one lap or several. And then you play, and it's all simultaneous play. You have a certain number of dice that you can roll each turn. So you pick those dice, you roll them, and you get uh, active dice when you roll sides that actually have powers or give you feet or buy money. And you can push. It's very push your luck. After you have three active dice, you can keep rolling if you want to, but you have to get an active dice like one... They call it a hit. Oh, a hit. A hit on at least one so you don't bust. If you do not get that, you will bust and you don't get anything on your dice and you get one fan. It's like this fan track. And these dice, most of them, at at most, have three faces with stuff on them. Many of them only have one face with anything on it. So... It's a big risk when you're pushing. Yes, you're chucking a bunch of dice at one time, but the odds are not super great that you're going to be successful in that. And they're the green die in particular in all of the iterations that we've played with kind of helps mitigate some of that. But it it's a big risk. And we've played this game a lot, actually. This is probably our sixth or seventh play now of it. Yeah, very unlike us with our backlog and our collection. But it's very fast. It's 30 to 45 minutes. We played on a lunch break. Yeah, we we got that done in like 25 minutes. Yeah, it was fast. It was fast, definitely. So now that we've talked about the game, what are your thoughts? I'm unsure... We, I mean, we generally don't play the same game over and over and over again. So I am a little worried that that would skew things. But that's kind of funny to think that like, if you keep playing the game, your opinion might change. I think if you love dice, you have to love dice to play this game. 100%. If you do not like dice, do not even look at this game. Well, you can, you should definitely look at the Lederhosen. But other than that, <laughs> you should want, keep walking because it is all dice. Yeah, it all randomness all the time. It's yeah, I, I'm not. It sure. is very swingy because of the randomness. So most of the games that spin is one, I've been leading like the entire game, and then he blows past me at the end. Yeah, the the last one, our live playthrough in particular, I was behind. I was behind. I was behind. I took two big shortcuts. And ended up barely squeezing out a win by one space. I do have to... Well, I think our first play might have not been close. But our other ones have been very close. Shockingly close. One yeah. to two movements. Which I definitely like. Uh, that That's always a thing that I like. is a nice, tight game. And in a race game in particular, that's really fun. That is, yeah. yeah, definitely. Because you don't want someone to just you know, be done halfway through you playing. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm a little torn on the game because it does remind me so much of Quarriers, which I loved for a while, and then I was kind of over. 
I worried that the same thing might happen with this. But do you feel that it's a game that is better suited to be pulled out sometimes? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's a sometimes game, and I think part of my thoughts are we have played a lot of it in a very short time. Yeah. We've owned this game for, what, a week now? Right. And we've played it and played it and played it. And it, I think I think that as a sometimes game, it's good. I'll be intrigued to put it on the shelf and pull it out like a month from now. Yeah. And see what we think about it. No. I will definitely play it if someone wants to play it. I think Spin likes it more than I do. That's true. And I think some of that comes from, even though it is simultaneous, if the other person is way slower than you, it'll drag a bit. You'll just be sitting there waiting. I have big, clumsy hands. I can't help it. And these dice, they are tiny They are very... I do have to say that is a negative for me. They are very tiny dice. I wonder if using a dice tower would help with that for me. Probably not. I think it'd slow you down. But I don't know, maybe. You can always try it. Uh, but yeah, the, the dice, well, colorful and good They just quality. need to be a little bit bigger. Yeah, and, and I get it. I mean, you'll be chucking at minimum nine dice every right. time. Right, right. Uh, at least for your initial roll. And I've gone as high as 15. Uh, so... I can see why they made them small, but it's still very frustrating. I do like the humor in the game. The pictures, of course, are very funny. And the way they named the cards and that kind of stuff, I think, is very funny. One of the... It's charming. Yeah, it, it's very charming. One of the blue... The blue die is a llama. And one of the, one of the cards is undercover fish. For the name, and that's because his power lets you go through the water, which I thought was hilarious. I don't know why I find that one in particular so funny, but yeah. like the cheese, there's one that's called the big cheese, one that says the cheese stands alone. Mm -hmm. Really good humor in the game. It comes with these weird little tuck boxes mm, yeah. that serve as platforms that you put the dice to purchase on that also are your dice storage. And it's a really cool idea. I like how the different sides of it, two different sides of this cube, show the different faces of the die. So yeah, I do like that part. visible to everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, well, unless you're sitting on the side that doesn't have it. But they, you have to fold them yourself, and they were not particularly easy for me to fold. Yeah, I had to do most of the folding on that. It's, I see, and people have been complaining about them, and I don't think they will hold up a ton. Um, I don't know, do you think they add to the game? I don't, I don't think they detract from the game, but I don't really think they add to the game either. Because this is the kind of thing that we'd normally just use our little plastic ramekins for. Right. Um, but I do like that you can see the different faces of the die I do more like that easily. Part. I mean, the description cards also show that. Right. But it's a nice at a glance thing. That being said, I do think it 
books awesome for table presents. Yeah. Because otherwise it would just be like the board. But I know a lot of people that have just like ditched those and like put them in Plano boxes or something. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I think that it's kind of a cool add-on, but not entirely necessary. I agree. They are not going to hold up long-term. Yeah. Uh, and didn't you say that you've seen upgrades, like people have made upgrades for them, or do they just do... I think they're starting to, because this game is so new. I think they're, that people probably just 3D print stuff, because, you know, that's all the rage right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's face it. Uh, if I loved this game more than I currently do and I had access to a 3D printer, I'd probably do the same. Oh, if we had a 3D printer, we'd be 3D printing everything for Roller games. So I don't knock people that do that. I'm just saying, like, that's, you know. Yeah, I guess what I was saying is that I like the game, but I don't think I like it enough that I'd take the time to do that. Really? Which is a little bit telling. That is telling. Uh, I I don't know. I, I want to like this game more than I do. I, I have fun with it, but... After John D. Clare sets such a high bar with custom heroes and uh, Space Base and Edge of Darkness in particular, those three in particular, I feel, and I shouldn't, but I feel slightly let down. Mm. But I still had fun. I mean, I, I, I do don't know think, how to feel. Do you think it's a good welcoming game? Which welcoming game is one that'll kind of like bring people to the table it's what a lot of people call like gateway people you know games you show you know family or other people that you want to bring into the hobby you know that kind of stuff it's generally like lighter fare um but yeah you think so i think so because the rules are very easy to pick up i think you would have to go with the starting powers because some of the other ones can get a little confusing. Oh, yeah. A- absolutely. Some of them are kind of convoluted. I think start them out with, on the most basic racetrack with the basic powers. And then if they like it, if the, player, if the new player likes it, you can ease in some of the new stuff. Like, okay, we're going to switch out these powers and let's try a different race. Well, I think it's interesting because... I appreciate that there's a huge deck of cards and it'll switch out and stuff like that. But there's also something for coming into a game and you're like, okay, I know that the beaver does this or I know that the llama does this. I think it's harder to come in and it's always new. Well, I mean, look at Quacks of Quedlinburg with some of the variable uh, things that your pieces do in that. And I've mostly played on those starting ones because I play with new people all the time with that game. And I'm always playing the starting spells. Yeah, it it gets a little confusing when you use some of the more advanced spells. Like, I, I'm used to in that game, when I take my crow, I know that I'm going to be able to look at the next piece and throw it back if I want to, for example. I can see something for that. I do think this is a good welcoming game. Uh, great introduction to bag builders. I can't think of another bag builder that's more simple. Uh, at least, again, with the starting set. Do we have that many bag builders, though? Bag builders aren't your favorite. Right now, you the think only... we would? Because I love dice, but you're right. I don't... 
it's not my favorite genre. Surprise. Well, to be fair, deck builders aren't either. So Yeah, I mean we've got this, we've got Roll for the Galaxy. Which I don't like. Which you don't like. Which I'm trying like Well, I've talked about this before, but I think I just don't get it. I'm trying to understand it. I don't know why that one eludes me, but it does. You kind of felt the same way about Race for the Galaxy, too. I think it's just that game system, maybe. maybe. But at least with this one... Well, most bag builders are limited, because... Maybe that's the problem, is... I generally like deck builders where all the cards are different. Like Clank, which is my favorite deck builder of all time. But oh. Eldorado is not all different, and I really like that. Except they are limited. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. But but with bag builders, they can't be every card is different, because you would need a million different kinds of dice. Yeah. I, that makes sense to me. I mean, that the physical components are a limiting factor here. All of this being said, what would you give it out of 10? I'm unsure. So you're giving an incomplete. Mm. I don't like I don't like incompletes. I've played it enough. I should have a opinion. I think it, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's fine. I would definitely play it. I have fun most of the time. Maybe that's it. Maybe which is very funny because it's very short. It might drag a little. Like, it might hmm. go on a little too long for me. So there's no way you'd want to do a second loop. I mean, I would. I would try it. We haven't tried that yet. Hmm. I mean, I feel very similar, but I, I would... I feel confident. I feel comfortable putting out. But I think it's a 6 out of 10 for me. I'm wavering between a 6 and a 7. Yeah, and, and I I don't know. There have been some plays where I felt it's a 5. There are some that I felt that it's a 7, too. So I'm kind of splitting the difference. I do think it depends on the card set that you're playing with. The third race was not... Yeah, I didn't I like did, that card I didn't set like the, much. Wait, was it the third set or the second set I didn't like? I can't remember. But there was one set I did not like at all. But I have had fun with other sets. Because of the powers. Sometimes the powers are confusing or they just don't work the way that I like to play. Or I don't know what it is, but some of them just were more fun than other ones. I, yeah, I, I see that. Does it stay in the collection? Hmm. I do think I want to do the thing that I mentioned earlier is that I'd like to pull it back out in like a month. Or, you know, a couple weeks. And see what I think about it then. Because I think binging it six or seven times, I mean, I might just be getting tired of it. Which, I mean, I think that says something too. But how many games do we own that I can binge six or seven times and still be like, this is amazing. I don't know. Galaxy Trucker. Yeah, okay, that's true. Uh, I'm going to use the box as an example. Cheese is delicious. I love some cheese. If I eat cheese every day in excess, I'm going to get real sick of cheese and real sick in general. So I, I think that's what's going on with this game. I've had too much cheese. Hmm. I don't know. I think 
I immediately think, well, it's no bacon. You and your bacon. Because <laughs> I could probably eat bacon every day. Probably in excess and still be okay, but... Well, I would die, but you know what I mean? Like, mentally, I'd still be like, yeah, bacon's delicious. <clears throat> so, Cubitos is going back on the shelf. We're going to give it a check-in a month or so from now. Yeah, we're going to revisit it and see if it was just so much plain. Or if maybe, you know, it's just not for us. I still think it's good, though. It's good. I see how people could have a lot of fun with it. Well, now I'm thinking I don't want to keep it. Wow. Um, Because I don't know that I would say, hey, let's play Cubitos. That is kind of our test. But it's so fast. Like we could play it on lunch. And that is awesome for a big game. Yeah. But if we don't love it, does it matter that it's super fast? And I think the final verdict is that it is a game that is immediately going onto the board of reckoning. Okay. We give it a month. Yeah. If we have fun with it, it stays. If we don't, off to uh, wherever it ends up that is not our shelves. So eloquent. It's late. Give me, give me some credit here. You say that on every episode. That's because every episode we're recording like at midnight at the earliest. Hmm. Parenthood, everyone. So after our first play, if we would have recorded this, do you think your opinion would have been different? Yes, I think that it would have been probably a seven or an eight for me. Yeah. Because I had a blast that first play. Yeah. Which now is making me question literally every <laughs> other rating we've given because so many of them are after one play. I don't even know why you guys listen to this because we're always like, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, oh, we're questioning everything we've ever said. We love you, viewers, <laughs> listeners. People. Flesh. Mounds. So if you are interested in checking out how it plays and watching us play it, if you check out our Instagram, PlaysVelva2, we recorded it on March 27th. Sorry if my hand's blocking the camera part of the time. I got in trouble for that. Thanks for joining us at the game table. Catch new episodes every Wednesday-ish. Have feedback or just want to say hi? Find us on Instagram at PlaysVelva2. And on Board Game Geek, at Spinch, and at Kitty Paws Nine, and on Twitter at Plays Well with Two, the number, not the word. Thanks for listening.